it okay to I'll just do my best hey guys pray for me I'm, I'm gonna go out now and um, you know I'm gonna do my best to beat this guy so please be praying for me he didn't do any of that nor say any of that he didn't say I come to you with the strength of a sling and a stone and a stick he says I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts if you're taking notes the word name in Hebrew is referring to the character, the power, and the authority of the Lord of hosts. When David went out to confront Goliath, he didn't go out in his own strength. If he had, he would have faltered and lost. He wasn't just hoping God would help him and make his aim true. No, as Pastor Mark explains in today's message, David trusted that God would deliver Israel and he was going to be victorious over this giant. If we seek God's will in our own lives and trust him to accomplish it, even when it seems impossible by human standards, we can have that same confidence. Nothing is impossible for God. He will bring us through to victory, no matter how formidable our enemy seems. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17 with today's edition of Come Alive. They bury themselves in a lot of teaching trying to not think about this thing. Uh, I'll just listen to teaching after teaching and, and not try to conquer it and yet still struggle with it constantly. And, but I'll just bury myself in more teaching and, and more of this. And, and not that teaching and Bible studies are bad, but when we can't get out there and face that thing and face that giant and conquer it, uh, then we're just using it as a mask. It's not helping. And so, you know, you, you're, maybe you're not applying the word from those teachings. You hear about how to do it, and you're not doing application. Because at some point, as David does, we've got to get out there and we've got to fight the enemy. Because according to, if, if it's true that don't touch it, don't get near it, don't play with it, then yeah, we should stand up and just watch Goliath yell and taunt and be stuck and not move forward. And I think that's where the church is today, is the reason the church can't move forward, won't move forward, is because, well, we're afraid. We're still running, or we're trying to ignore it, or we're trying to hide from it. And so we're not applying the word, we're just avoiding the giant. So Saul and his army, they were a people in a covenant relationship with God, but actually in the bondage of the sin of their fear before Goliath and and all that he stood for. So these guys are standing there, and they're in a covenant relationship with their God, with a, the, the one and only God, and they're actually in sin because they're afraid to go down and attack this thing and take it head on. See, David recognizes and remembers, recognizes who he serves and remembers when God gave him the victory. And see, we, we need to recognize who we serve and remember when God gave us victories. And you might think, well, that one wasn't that big. It may not be. It may not be that big, but he gave you victory over that one when it was gigantic in front of your face. And now you got another one that's gigantic in front of your face. And you know what? It might be time to take on that. Some of us might be thinking, well, man, I'm not even at the Goliath stage. But you know what? Tomorrow you might have your bear or lion happen to you. And when you have that, conquer that thing. Go after it. Grab it by its beard. And then you'll have your Goliath. 
Well, I don't want a Goliath. Nobody does, but we get them. They're there. Their enemies are there. Look at verse 38. So Saul clothed David with his armor, and he put a bronze helmet on him, on his head. He also clothed him with a coat of mail. David fastened his sword to his armor, and he tried to walk, for he had not tested them. And David said to Saul, I can't walk in these, for I have not tested them. So David took them off. And so what's happening here? As sincere as Saul wants to protect David. I mean, Saul's trying to be very sincere, going, look, you're a little dude. You're probably not going to win. But, you know, if at least you walk out there looking like a warrior, we won't look as foolish to these dudes as we're going to look out there by just sending you out, a little boy. And so he puts all this stuff on him. Saul wants to protect David. David, you're young. I like your zeal. But you're very vulnerable. Very vulnerable without this stuff. And sometimes that's how we are as Christians. We, somebody will come to us for advice, and we're like, hey, man, that's cool that you're like that, but let me tell you, here's what you need to do. And we tell them how it works for us and how they need to do it and how, how they need to do it the way we did it. That doesn't always work all the time for a lot of people. So Saul tries to dress David up so he can be as much like Goliath as he could. Isn't that what Christians do? We tend to dress ourselves up so we can be as much like the world as we can. So they're like, hey, man, I like you guys. You, you're cool. I had somebody tell me the other day, man, I love my church. I was like, what do you love about it? Dude, we don't even break out the Bible. And I was like, seriously? Yeah, no, man, we might once a month. We talk about stuff in the Bible. It's a good lesson. I'm like, really, you don't break out the Bible? No. Some of us might be thinking, bro, what's wrong with that? Everything's wrong with that. That'd be like saying, hey, you know, I I don't know how to repair your car, but I got all these tools. And um, yeah, let's not worry about the owner's manual. We'll just figure it out as we go along. How many of you let me under your car hood? Or what if a doctor did that? Bro, I went to medical school. school. We didn't use medical books. We just kind of opened up a dude and said, yeah, I don't know what that thing is, but it looks like it's broken. We threw it away. How many people died? A lot. But you know what? We fixed one. What, what was wrong with him? He had a splinter. And we didn't even use tweezers. We just pulled it right out of his finger. That was good enough. Put a Band-Aid on him, sent him on his way. Didn't get infected. He didn't die. I thought, really? But yet, we, we think it's okay with the Bible when it has to do with our eternal lives, our souls. Yet, we're not going to break it out because, man, <laughs> I don't want to look weird. I don't want to look weird. And so sometimes that's what happens. So at least David will look like a warrior. At least that church of people, they look like Christians. They may get some respect from other people. Like, oh, yeah, I went to church. Cool, man, that's awesome. My whole neighborhood goes to church. My whole block, the lady next door goes to church. Everybody goes to church. But they, they're not going to heaven if they don't know the truth. And so maybe you will get some respect from the enemies when he's killed. Oh, man, too bad that happened. Too bad that, that happened to that guy. How many of us are guilty of trying to match or dress like the rest or act like them so we can at least get the respect that we think we deserve want to be cool don't want to say too much don't want to seem like a holy roller or a bible beater or a jesus freak or whatever you've been called so what's david do he puts them on he tried it he takes them off david stripped himself of the things others found protection in sometimes we as christians need to do that we need to take off those things that we others find protection in And put on the thing that will protect us. It wasn't Saul's armor David needed. It was the whole armor of God that he had already clothed himself with. 
that had caused him and drove him and gave him purpose and power to stand his guard and, and not sit still, not retreat, or not just talk about what the enemy is doing, but to actually go out there and have a will, have a drive, and be willing to go out there and fight. Look at verse 40. It says, Then he took his staff in his hand, and he chose for himself five smooth stones from the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag, in a pouch which he had, and his sling was in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. So the Philistine came and began drawing near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come on to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Stop right there. Don't move on. Don't read any more. Again, we see this little intimidation, interrogation, and humiliation, right? Who are you? You got sticks, a little kid. And you think about what David had, a stick and a sling. Is that threatening? I mean, if, if some of the kids out there from the children's ministry walked out and somehow they, they get the kids and, and, and they send them out with a stick and a sling and they're out there, Mom, Dad, we're going to kill you today. And you look at them and you're like, seriously? Get in the car. I mean, how many of you would be afraid of your kids with a stick and a sling? Now, the kids that are in here, yeah, some of them are pretty tall. I'd be a little scared. But those guys, the two-year-old and three-year-old and four-year-old, you'd be like, really? Really? I'm going to show you a sling. You start taking off your belt, you know, and you're walking over, and we're ready to do some battle. No, you wouldn't be afraid. You wouldn't be intimidated. David just looks at this guy, Goliath, and, you know, he just says, this is what I'm going to do to you. And David looks at him and says, man, this scrawny kid, give me my smallest weapon. Give me my pocket knife. I'll take care of him. And so here's what happens. Verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you've defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts and to the earth and that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. So here you go. This is kind of crazy. David tells him he's going to take his head before the battle even starts. Now, that would be like one of these MMA fighters going, okay, I'm going to punch you in the left side, punch you on the right side, punch you in the forehead. You're going to fall down. I'm going to roll you up and make you submit. And we'd all be like, yeah, right. He may want to do that, but if he really did it, we'd all be like, no way. He really did it. We'd be amazed. It's a miracle from God. Well, yes, it is. For David to say this and for it to actually happen, what does that tell you? Well, that God spoke to David. David, tell that big guy this. David's like, okay. See, it'd be the same thing. If I told my son, my son has such faith and confidence in me, if I told him, hey, Asa, roll down the window, yell at that guy in the car, call him all kinds of names, and gave him every name to call him, the guy would probably be all like, who is that little kid? And then... Asa gets out and beats him up, you know, because I'm like, hey, you know, you'd be able to beat him up because I, I know he's got problems. He has no muscles, and he's just this, this blob of a guy, and he can't do anything physically, so you'll win. If I knew all of that, and Asa would be like, okay, cool, I trust my dad. David says, okay, cool, I trust my dad. His name is God. So he might have said it very tenaciously, and like the wrestlers do, you know, kind of screaming and yelling, or kind of like Clint Eastwood. Hey, go ahead, make my day. 
You know, kind of just real cool. I don't know how he did it. I just love the story. So Goliath, do you feel lucky today? You know, and Goliath is standing there going, who is this kid? What is this kid all about? Notice that David said he would take his head. David said this in front of Goliath as well as in front of all his countrymen that Goliath would be delivered by the hand of the Lord. How's this? A kid tells a mighty giant warrior that he's toast. How's that happen? Faith abides in the heart and it's basically it's released through the mouth. You have faith in your heart and it'll be released through your mouth. It's one thing to believe in your heart secretly but another to make a public statement. You see, a lot of Christians do that. We believe in our heart, we have faith in our heart, but yet we don't go out and make any public statements. Well, yeah, dude, bro, I got a t-shirt. I got a t-shirt that says, I love Jesus. I got a bumper sticker on my car that says, real men love Jesus. Well, cool, that, that's nice. But what about personally? Because I've seen a dude driving a truck that said, big trucks are for chicks. And I look at him, and I just kind of like, kind of giggle, you know, like, huh, must be his girlfriends or his wife's. That statement doesn't mean that he's a chick. I mean, today it might be, but I don't know. He didn't look like one. But just because you have that stuff, that's not the statement. The statement comes from your mouth. When you tell somebody you're a Christian at work, and then you have to live that out, you know what the worst is? I, I, I've done that before. Like, oh, yeah, I come in and let everybody know I'm a Christian. And then one day some guy came up to me and I was doing something. And I actually said something. I was kind of joking. He didn't know me that well. And he goes, dude, I thought you were a Christian. Mental note. Don't joke like that. (laughs) Not cool. I mean, it wasn't any bad words. It was just a bad attitude. So can we proclaim it publicly? David didn't say, oh, I got a sling and some stones, and hey, man, I'm going to do my best. A lot of Christians do that. Hey, man, I got the word of the Lord, and man, I'm just going to give it my best. I'm going to give it my best. Let me put it to you another way. What if your boss said, hey, you know what? You make this much an hour. Here's your paycheck, and I'm going to do my best to pay you. What would you do? Be like, oh, wait a minute, I don't know. If you're going to do your best, I mean, I want you to do it. Oh, I want to see the paycheck, right? But yeah, as Christians, we find it okay to, I'll just do my best. Hey, guys, pray for me. I'm, I'm going to go out now, and, um, you know, I'm going to do my best to beat this guy, so please be praying for me. He didn't do any of that, nor say any of that. He didn't say, I come to you with the strength of a sling and a stone and a stick. He says, I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. If you're taking notes, the word name in Hebrew is referring to the character, the power, and the authority of the Lord of hosts. And hosts tells us that God has authority over every angelic being, over every created thing, not just the sling or the stone. Did he come to him in the power of or the strength of? But he came to him in the power of the Lord of hosts. So here's this cool picture. David's stunned the giant, and then he uses his own weapon against him. Look at verse um, 46 or 48. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David that David hurried and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. So we see David running here. Then David put his hand... On his bag, and he took out a stone, and he slung it, and he struck the Philistine in his forehead, so that the stone sank into his forehead, and he fell on his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone, and he struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. Therefore David ran and stood over the Philistine, took his sword, and drew it out of his sheath, 
and he killed him. And he cut off his head with it. And when the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. The word for fled means ran very fast. Now the men of Israel and Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as the entrance of the valley and to the gates of Ekron. And the, and, and the wounded of the Philistines fell along the road as Sharim, even as far as Gath and Ekron. And then the children of Israel returned from the chasing of the Philistines, and they plundered their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine, and he brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. When Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, who's the son of this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I don't know. So the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. And then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Now this is kind of crazy. David takes this, this head, he goes out to battle, and you've got to know where the battle is. It's a little bit of a distance. And he takes his head and he's walking around with it. This big, large noggin. Just walking around with it. I mean, you, we might be like, oh, that's gross. Right before my, my veggie wrap mark, seriously? But hey, you, you'll live. So he's got this gigantic head. And this cool picture, David stuns the giant. He uses his own weapon against him. Says, hey, you know, I don't have a sword, but you know what? And it wasn't over when the stone hit him. David knew that. Because what, what did God t- tell him? It to take his head. He didn't just kill him and say, okay, he's dead, let's go. And then the guy gets up in a couple of weeks and feels better and comes out and we start all over. He's like, no, he took his head. He had to do the hard job. You know how hard it is to knock a head off, to cut a head off? Anybody ever cut a head off? Not a human head, hopefully. Good job, Josh. I've cut off a head before. It's a pig's head, but it's hard. And I tried it one time with a machete, a real sharp machete. That didn't work. I had to saw through it. It took me a good five minutes just to work, and I was tired. You finally get the head off. And it's like your big trophy, and you're walking around. You want to show everybody. You throw it in the back of your truck, and five days later when it stinks real good, you're just like, yeah, I killed that. And it doesn't stink to you, but everybody else hates it. So David's walking around. He goes back to Jerusalem. He's got this head with him, Goliath's head. It's like, hey, look, look what the Lord did. Not what I did, but look what the Lord did. And he's walking around with this guy's head. Actually, it's, it's David's now when you really think about it. It's no longer Goliath. It's like, hey, it belongs to me. I got your head. This was his trophy. I'm sure, you know, if you could taxidermy something like that, he hung it on his wall in his office and be like, yeah, remember that's Goliath. That was a giant I, I defeated. The Lord defeated him through me. He used me. So people would be walking around going, hey, man, what do you got there? Oh, it's a head. It's Goliath's head. Did you hear about the story? Let me tell you about the story. So David would tell the story. How God was successful because he carried his head because it was so that the Lord um, David wanted to share his victory so he could get the word out. How often do we do that? How often do we want to get the word out? We, we lead somebody to the Lord and be like, oh, I won't tell anybody because, man, that guy might think I'm uncool or something. Single-handed, both Jesus and David secured victory for the rest. You see that? David secured victory for his people. Jesus secured victory for us. And so they secured him, that victory. That was Goliath, you know. He, that, and when you think about it, it was Goliath's idea. Hey, man, how about you just send out a really cool guy, a tough guy, and I'll, and I'll stay down here, and whoever wins, wins. And we don't have to kill all the rest of these people. See, the Philistines didn't keep their end of the deal. They took off running. They didn't want to be slaves. So Israel chases them down and starts whacking them. Taking them out. And it talks about just bodies laying. There's a trail of dead bodies as they 
head back to their cities. So David won for all Israel, and Goliath lost for all the Philistines, basically is what happened. And according to the word, Jesus won for all of mankind, and all Israel had to do was just pick up the spoils, right? Jesus won for all of mankind. David wins for all of Israel. Israel has to just pick up the spoils. Guess what? Jesus won for us. We just have to pick up the spoils. There are dead people out there. And Jesus says, hey, you know, I won for them. So here's the spoil. Here's the treasure. Go out there. Tell them how the victory was won. And you'll, you'll be amazed at what will happen. You'll be blessed. So Saul stood helpless because he basically forfeited the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I think the same has happened to the church today. We've become so private, so behind-the-scenes type Christians, and we make no public declaration of who God is and what he is to us and how he can conquer. So today you may be wanting God's best, and you're going to take up that battle in the name of the Lord, and you may hear someone say, well, that's silly or that's just crazy. Why would you do that? And they're going to insult you, interrogate you, and humiliate you. But if you look back on those past experiences, if you have any, and like I said, some of you today or tomorrow may be bumping into your lion or your bear. But if you look back on that today or tomorrow, God's going to allow that bear or lion to show up, and he's going to give you victory. He's going to give you victory in it. So many Christians believe that God, the God of, you know, and and they look at it and they're like, yeah, I believe that God's the God of history. I I believe that God did this. And I I believe that on the second coming, God's going to do all of this and he's going to continue to do this. But you know what? He's also a very present help. We have a hard time seeing God in the present. And so we, we shouldn't. Some of you may be ready to face a giant, maybe today or tomorrow. And so many Christians believe in the God of history and the God of prophecy. But you know what? We think that, man, he's done all these awesome things in Wesley's time and D.L. Moody's time and Billy Graham's time and, you know, this. And, and we're looking forward to Greg Laurie's time and we're looking forward to all this. But, man, is he going to do anything today? Sure he is. He's going to do something today. We also believe in great things that he'll do in the second coming. But many of us truly believe, you know, Do we really truly believe that he's a God of today, that he's present and living in our hearts? In Saul's mind, he was absent from the conflict. But in David's, he was the greatest reality that there ever was. And you have victory in spite of the defeat. Maybe you've been defeated. Maybe you feel like you've been defeated. And you know what? You recognize the power of your Goliath and his strength. That's fine. But you know what? God can take your weapons, whatever it is, a little sling, a little stick, and make you victorious. And so he can leave... You you and I need to leave those other weapons, those things that the world wants to hand us and tell us how to handle our problems and leave them at the feet of the cross and recognize that the battle is not won by might nor power, but by the Spirit of God, by God's Spirit only. And that's who we are to battle by. So it's by total submission that David came to the Lord, and you can have victory if we do the same. You and I can have victory if we do the same. We're so glad you tuned in today to Pastor Mark's teaching here on Come Alive. Pastor Mark has been walking us through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, unlocking the blessings, truth, and love found within its verses. We know that reading God's Word can be difficult to squeeze into your schedule sometimes, so having something to listen to instead can help. With that in mind, we'd like to let you know about our Come Alive podcast. We've made Pastor Mark's messages available to you for free so that you can take them with you on the go making hearing the Word so much more convenient. Search for Come Alive on iTunes or on Google Play and subscribe to have a notification sent to you as soon as we post new editions. Thanks again for tuning in today to Come Alive. 
If you'd like to learn more about this ministry and the church behind it, please visit us online at comealiveradio.com. If you're living in or near Katy, Texas, we'd also like to invite you to come see us in person at Calvary Chapel Katy. We're a laid-back group of Jesus followers, and we love inviting new people to come join us in seeking the Father and praising His name. Find service times and directions to our church when you visit our website, comealiveradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you continue to find Jesus through His Word and in everything you do. Join us next time for another in-depth look at the Bible, right here on Come Alive.